Good morning and welcome to Medway Community Church. My name is Adam Bridges and I'm the Director of Youth Ministries here at MCC. I just uh, recently got back um, with a team from Greece and uh, during that trip we had a bunch of kids in a square that we were working with that all swarmed us and Christina picked up a cold and um, I just picked it up uh, a little bit earlier this week. So if I start coughing, don't worry about it. It's it's normal. Um, Many of our family are away at our MCC camping trip, as was mentioned before. There's about 180 of them. And my first story kind of relates to that and the fact that um, it's talking about camp. So I want you to picture this story. So in early June, there were about 16 college students that were all meeting for the first time on a dock. So they're all there, and you get the normal awkwardness of not knowing each other and trying to uh, get to know each other as you're... um, meeting for the first time, and they didn't know um, exactly what to do, but they knew that they were there for a reason. They were there um, at a Christian camp here in New England um, to counsel kids. Um, From introductions to sharing a meal, uh, the youngsters all seemed to be gelling well together. Fast forward to the next night, and they all went to the local reservoir to do some rock climbing and some team building, and uh, the pecking order was kind of getting established at this time. And the alpha dogs were becoming more and more vocal and kind of leading the group, while others were content with just sitting there and, and drinking in uh, God's beauty that was there. Little did a couple of them know, but that night would be monumental, as there was this one girl who um, looked at a guy, and their eyes kind of locked, and the guy just froze. The next day, the, the staff went over the importance of why we were, they were there uh, this summer, um, giving up their summer to invest in the lives of kids. And in that talk, there was a talk about uh, dating and the importance of um, not having that distraction um, as they were there during the summer. So as the counselors went forward, they had this in the forefront of their mind as they introduced um, students into their cabins and introduce them to Jesus and develop these lasting relationships. Now, the end of the summer was bittersweet. Bodies were drained of energy, but they didn't want to leave. But they had to head home, having made lasting memories and friendships. Now, there was a shy guy, the same guy who had frozen at the reservoir, um, who on the last day built up the courage to ask the girl to hang out after camp. Fast forward a year and a half later, and they're back at the same camp volunteering. But this time, it was all a ruse. See, later that day, he actually invited her down to the waterfront, knelt down on one knee, and asked this girl to spend the rest of his life with um, that person. (laughs) And uh, he committed to her, and the rest, they say, is history. Today we'll be spending time in Exodus chapter 20 and also looking at the parallel passage in Matthew as we continue in our series on the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20.14 can be found on page 61 of the Pew Bibles in front of you. May I remind you that this is the very Word of God. Exodus 20.14 You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. Well, this is short, so I want to see if you guys have been memorizing these commandments along with us this summer, as many of you guys pledged to do back in week one. This is the seventh commandment, so that means we, that we have six to review. 
So let's say them together, starting with verse 1 and ending with today's. And God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. You shall not murder. And the seventh, you shall not commit adultery. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together and worship you. And as we open the scripture this morning and look at what you have for us, Lord, I pray that we would be willing to have the Holy Spirit just prick our hearts. That as, as your word is put forth, that um, we would be open to it and uh, use it as a mirror um, to see where we need to change in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we, as we look at these passages today, we want to review a couple of things. Um, first is that there are three types of law in the Bible. Does anybody remember what those three types of law are? Two of them are, start with a C, one is an M. Civil, we have civil, ceremonial, and the last one, moral, which still applies today. Moral law. And that's um, the Ten Commandments is part of that moral law that we have. And then we see the three uses of the law. The first is that the law acts as shackles to bind and restrain evil. The second is that um, the magnifying glass, it's like a magnifying glass and it highlights the character of God. And lastly, it acts as a mirror which reveals our sin and our need of a savior. And don't forget, these were given to us in the context of relationship. It isn't rules before relationship, it's the opposite. I am gives the foundation for you shall. And last but not least in our review, it's the way that the law is broken up. And this all stems from Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus is asked, which commandment is the greatest? And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And this signifies that the law, the first four of the law are vertical, and that deals with our relationship with God. And then the last six are horizontal in our relationship with others. And that brings us to another horizontal today, the seventh commandment. Now, when we were planning our series and who would preach which sermon and when they would do it, we unanimously decided that the guy who had been married the least amount of time would take this one. Um, So here I am. You shall not commit adultery. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, Don't do it. Sermon's over. Let's head to the beach. But for real, let's unpack it a little bit. Um, As as has been done in previous sermons in this series, I want to look at a way that we fulfill the law, the way that we keep it, and then some ways that we break it. If you're the note-taking type, the first point would be faithfulness and commitment. Faithfulness and commitment. Marriage is a beautiful thing that was laid out for us in Genesis. And Jesus himself lays out the parameters uh, for marriage in Matthew 19 when he said, 
Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So God's design is that a man would grow up, leave his family, and get married to a woman, and they would become his one. And once that had happened, it should never be broken. Now, one of the biggest negative things about marriage in, in the world that we live in that I hear is that you're stuck with the same person for your entire life, and you don't get to experience different people. But I'd say flip the script on that, because we have the privilege of being with one spouse our entire life, to experience life with them in the trials and in times of joy. We've left our father and our mother and are able to enjoy life with the person that we have become one flesh with. This is a great honor and privilege. I've been working with youth for over 12 years, and when the topic of sex comes up in teaching and discussions, the reality of comparisons more often than not also comes up. Whether it's how someone performs in the bedroom or the fact that pornography and pop culture have rewired our brains to think that sex should be a certain way, or even the fact that my previous girlfriend or boyfriend, they just got me better, that they knew what I was thinking, comparisons can seriously hurt or even ruin our marriage relationships. You see, the beauty of having one spouse is that we can learn about each other, we can make mistakes with each other, and experience each other unadulterated. What God has created is perfect, and he created marriage. So if we choose to act in an adulterous manner, then we are outside of the will of God and his perfect plan for our lives. Marriage is really cool. It points somewhere. When we bring it back to Christ in the fulfillment of the law, in um, the Ephesians, actually, it submits that the church is the bride of Christ. What if Jesus left us when we failed him? Where would we be? We'd be lost. Yet we have a perfect example of a faithful spouse who is always there, constant and loving. He is faithful when we are faithless. He made a commitment, in fact, a covenant with his people. In my studies for this sermon, I came across an article by Family Life, and it breaks down the difference between contract and covenant. And that'll be on the screens behind us to help you follow along. Um, And they say that a covenant is based on trust between parties, where a contract is based on distrust. A covenant is based on unlimited responsibility, whereas a contract is based on limited liability. And a covenant cannot be broken if new circumstances occur, but a contract can be voided by mutual consent. You see, in today's world, marriage is treated so many times like a marriage contract. Something that we can change if we get bored. We can move on if we want freedom. But it's so much more than that. It's based on trust. It's based on unlimited responsibility. It's based on Christ and his example. Committing adultery in any form taints that covenant. It's sin. The guy and the girl at the beginning of this sermon knew this. As many of you guys may have guessed, the story is about myself and my wife, Christina. 
and how we met and fell in love. And, and we're so blessed to be together. Life and marriage isn't without its challenges, but covenanting with each other is the best decision that we have made in our lives. It's almost cliche, but we're more in love now than, than when we got married over four years ago. And we both know that committing adultery would fracture that relationship. God has something special for us in our marriage, and giving into temptation to step outside of that covenant would be disastrous. Even though we're married, we want to stay pure to each other for life, honoring, honoring each other in God. Now you might say, Adam, I'm not married. It seems like this commandment is focused on marriage. And I'd agree with you to an extent, but offer that it's so much more. But as you aren't married now, the faithfulness and commitment to a future spouse is part of what this commandment is offering. Though starting now in honoring a future spouse might seem like the road less traveled, it's part of the good life that is offered to us. And if you don't feel like marriage is in your future, it's about purity in our hearts and our relationship with Jesus. And even being unmarried, we can still break the, the commandment. So let's transition now into the ways that we, we can break the seventh commandment. Again, if you're taking notes, I title this point as consenting adultery. Consenting adultery. Looking in the strictest sense, we shouldn't have sex with anyone but our spouse. An affair and an affair with someone other than our spouse would be cheating and adultery. Psychology today states some reasons for marriage infidelity. They include lack of sexual satisfaction, monetary problems or disagreements, wanting emotional validation from someone else, or just being curious, among other reasons. Folks, no matter what the reason for cheating, it's sin. And when we choose to explore outside the marriage covenant, we are consenting to adultery. It's a choice, and we choose. Well, Adam... I've never had a relationship with someone other than my my spouse for as long as I've been married, so check. I'm clear. So let's move on to the next commandment, because we're good here. We're good. But wait. See, I, I think I remember Carl saying something when he preached on the third commandment, saying that a lot of times we will narrow the commandments down to the simplest scope or application so that we can just hit check. But Jesus himself checks us on that mindset. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28, he says, You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You've heard it said, but I say to you. And here it hits. See, just like last week's commandment, you shall not murder, that look deeper than just the physical act of murder, we've also got to go deeper. So let's talk about the big P word, men. Pornography. With over 24 million porn websites, pornography addiction is running rampant in our country and in our churches. According to safefamilies.org and BBC News, and some of these stats will be on the screen, every second over 28,000 people are watching pornography. And the most popular day of the week to watch pornography? Sunday. And I mentioned that I was directing this to men earlier, but the stats show that one in three porn consumers are women. 
And the stats get more sobering. 67% of 18 to 26-year-old men believe that viewing pornography is acceptable, while 49% of women agree as well. According to Focus on the Family, 47% of Christian households say that they would have sex without... Or, 47% of Christian households claim that pornography is a problem in their home. And leading off this, half of unmarried man, men between the ages of 20 and 29 say that they would have sex without any interest in marriage. And then a recent Barna study said that 42% of adults believe that it is morally acceptable to have a sexual relationship with someone of the opposite sex to whom you are not married. Now, I gave all these stats to you to remind you that this is a real problem. A problem that boils down to lust. And Jesus said in Matthew, that's adultery. And we're breaking the seventh commandment. And when we choose to view pornography, whether we're married or we're not, we are consenting in committing adultery. A few of us now might be thinking, I did it again. I'm safe. I haven't broken it. But just because we aren't blatantly sinning by watching pornography doesn't mean that we don't have a problem with lust in our consenting to adultery. I want you guys to imagine really quick that it's a beautiful morning outside, kind of like this morning. And so I've had my coffee. I'm all ready to go. I grab my briefcase, hop out to my car, throw my briefcase in the passenger side of my convertible, start the engine, like, we're going, and just pull out of the driveway, pull down the road, and then all of a sudden I see a jogger. My eyes just lock, and I check her out. Or if I'm at the beach with my family, and I see a little bit more than I should, then I take a second look, and I take a third look. You guys know what I'm talking about. What about reading steamy romance novels? Maybe a book by E.L. James is sitting on your nightstand right now. If you don't know who that is, I had to look up who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey as well. So... What about being fixated on the sex scenes while watching a movie or causing our mind to wander? Or maybe you're watching that TV show that you justify the nudity in because the story is just so good. You guys know which ones I'm talking about. When we ingest this media, we have to take a good look at our hearts and how this stuff affects us. What if we were to be preventative with what comes in? To our minds. What if we guarded our hearts? In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Think that nudity on a screen or reading a sexual book doesn't affect you? Don't fool yourself. If we do, or we intentionally ingest this stuff because it excites us, we are consenting to adultery. Lust is adultery, so even if we haven't committed the physical act, we probably have in our minds. Chuck Swindoll says it like this, adultery occurs in the head long before it appears in the bed. Adultery occurs in the head long before it appears in the bed. Now, we have to remember that there are two sides of this commandment. See, all all of that we just went through was the forbidden part of the law, the, the you shall nots. And that's what our culture a lot of times focuses on, what Christianity keeps us from. We can't have any fun. But let's remember the fulfillment that we talked about in the beginning. That's the good life. 
The Ten Commandments offers us a life of wholeness. But Adam, I'm stuck. Pornography has got its chains on me and it's dragged me down and I can't get out. Or I've committed adultery and I feel horrible. I feel worthless. What can I do? First, confess it. Go to your spouse. Be honest and open about your struggles. And most importantly, go to Jesus. He is faithful and a loving God who offers us forgiveness and healing. He wants us to cast our burdens upon him. He wants us to take those burdens that we have and lay them at the foot of the cross. We can break any chains that are holding us down with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then use the community of the church around us to lean on. Find a godly peer or pastor who you can trust and ask them to keep you accountable in these areas. It's hard. It's difficult. But it will lead to a life of wholeness. The good life. So let's be real with each other for a moment. Let's use the seventh commandment as a mirror in our lives. That flirting that's going on at work, it's got to stop. The consumption of pornography after the rest of the family goes to bed, it's got to stop. The checking others out at the gym, we've got to quit it. The media that we choose to ingest once the kids have gone to bed, maybe we need to change that. The lust, we need to get accountability for it. See, congregation, this is a serious commandment. It's here for a reason. Think of the gift that you can give to your spouse, future or current, and the glory that you can give to God if you keep this commandment. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Medway Community Church would love to welcome you as our guest one day soon. Our church family meets every Sunday morning for worship and also offers a wide variety of small group and ministry opportunities. To learn more, please visit us on the web at medwaycommunitychurch.org. We look forward to seeing you soon. Washing all my shame.